0: This episode has been brought to you in part by the Toronto Heschel School. You are invited to attend their open house
1: on November 10th to discover what makes Heschel special. Visit torontoheschel.org for more details. That's toronto, H-E-S-C-H-E-L dot org.
0: This is new video purportedly showing Taliban fighters capturing Kandahar, the city Canadian forces fought to defend for five years. The That's the sound of the CBC News days. from August, reporting on the chaotic and deadly Taliban takeover of Afghanistan and the pullout of Canadian and U.S. and other Western troops and diplomats, leaving behind desperate people trying to flee before the hardline Islamist regime retook the country completely. And watching it unfold from her home in White Rock, B.C., has been retired Canadian Army paramedic Master Corporal Tamar Freeman. Freeman grew up in Toronto, and she spent 25 years in the military. She deployed to Afghanistan in 2006. She served half a year there, not only treating burned and abused local Afghan women and children, but also Canadian troops. Canada sent 40,000 people to Afghanistan in uniform after 9-11. It was our longest war ever. The cost was deadly. 158 Canadian soldiers died, and thousands more, including Freeman, were left injured. As Remembrance Day arrives this year, Freeman has returned to civilian life, where she's putting her paramedic skills to work in the B.C. interior, facing another enemy,
1: COVID. There's a lot of comments you'll hear about, well, why did we go there in the first place? Oh, you know, everything we did is now gone. Whatever we did, it's like uh, all those people who died for nothing. And I mean, I certainly don't see it that way. I I think there were tremendous um, projects that were done. I mean, there were things you don't even hear about because they're not sexy. I'm Ellen Besner, and
0: this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Wednesday, November 10th, 2021. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Tamara Freeman's grandfather served in World War I. Her father Harvey was in the Air Cadets, and he joined up just before the Second World War ended. He hadn't even turned 18 yet. It was that example that inspired Freeman to join the Canadian Reserves. In 2005, she signed up regular force full-time and soon discovered she would be deployed from CFB Petawawa with a field ambulance unit to Afghanistan. When she arrived, insurgents were setting off roadside bombs, soldiers were being killed and wounded by Taliban rockets, and she spent time with her medical gear patrolling in a lav away from the relative safety of her base near the Kandahar airfield. She lost friends and colleagues. She also got strange looks from Afghan nationals, surprised to see a short, blond haired female soldier... And they didn't even know she was Jewish. Coming up, Freeman will be here to talk about her experiences in Canada's last war and why watching what's happening to Afghanistan now has been both heartbreaking and frustrating. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now.
1: I'm Adam Bentley in Edmonton, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like.
0: There was a flurry of excitement around Parliament Hill this week after a Jewish political staffer in Ottawa heard the strains of Havana Gila ringing out from the Peace Tower. Alexander Cohen tweeted out to the Hebrews on the Hill Monday that the Jewish folk song was playing as part of the regular noontime concert on the 53 bells of the carillon. It turns out the musician who played it is none other than Dominion Caroliner Andrea McCready. She's not Jewish, but she has Jewish roots, she says, including distant relatives from Poland who didn't survive the Holocaust. McCready has her own affinity for Hava She danced to it as a Girl Scout when she was growing up in the United States. And she played it a few times over the past few years because she likes it. On Thursday... McCready plans to include another Jewish song, Shalom Chaverim, as part of her official musical program for Remembrance Day. If you're not in Ottawa, you can listen live online through the House of Commons' Carolon website at 11.45 a.m. Eastern Time. I've put the link into our show notes. <laughs> Tamar Freeman usually works as a medic on a construction project about an hour and a half north of Kelowna, B.C., but she was in Toronto this week to visit family, and I had the chance to meet her in person, socially distanced, of course, and we sat outside a coffee shop, but when the server announced our order over the restaurant's loudspeaker, you could see Freeman jump. Her experience in Afghanistan provokes it. Sudden loud noises still bother her, even though she's been out of the army for five years and out of Afghanistan for 14 with a medical discharge. I, I was aware, uh, speaking to other uh, veterans of Afghanistan who are Jewish, that in later years, there were some training, cultural sensitivity training about how to disclose if someone asks you, are you Jewish? So can you walk me through whether that was an impediment being a Jew to going to Afghanistan in the first place? And then what did, you, what did they tell you about showing it while you were there? Well,
1: um, it's a good question. Um i was never actually asked ever it never came up it never the only time i um i sort of spoke of it was actually with the the padre we had in camp when we were in afghanistan and he he was wonderful he was uh just a really great guy and it was i was there during the high holidays so we had a little apple and honey um but it was it just never came up it was never I mean, I I certainly don't wear anything on my face or my sleeve that would indicate otherwise. Um, uh, So I think, unless someone for some reason asked, which again, it it just never happened, Um, uh, you know, you certainly don't deny it. But um, uh, again, it never came up. So I don't think I really had to uh, deal with it. And what about
0: with locals? That's what I was going for. Never mind in the military itself, but with if you met local Afghan people.
1: Well, they, I think it's because um, for the vast majority of them, I don't think anyone really has even met a Jew or even perhaps even knows what it is. So they would have no reason to really be asking. I think the default setting is is Christian.
0: So, they, And also you don't look Jewish with what? your blonde hair, right? So, I mean, that's another a bonus, I guess. You had other issues being a woman, but not about the religious part, right? Yeah. You describe in one of your emails home um, about the explosion outside the base gate or where you were, where Mm -hmm. there were locals injured, American civilian contractors and things like that. So when this thing happens, you know, what do you actually do? People have the idea of like, you know, the TV show mash, but is that kind
1: of what it looks like? Um, So one of the challenges is that, so we're inside this, this little camp and then you have this double gated um, entry and exit. So, we don't usually run out there they bring whoever it is into us and it's it's a safety and security issue so um usually the injured are thrown into the back of a pickup truck and the pickup truck sort of just this is what happened in this case just kind of drove in um and then the casualties came right to our little sort of clinic and they were unloaded and we realized who they were um but um you know, you're quite busy dealing with the ones who are perhaps less injured. So um, yeah, and then when we realized who it was, it was it was a bit shocking. Uh, and the way it had occurred, um, someone just had strapped on an IED and walked up to these individuals and just blew themselves up. So it was um so it was so again, it was it was pretty dramatic, it was pretty unexpected. It was right at our door. Um, so it was uh. Yeah, that was that was a difficult one to deal with.
0: What is your remembrance, your experience, your your thoughts when you think the word Taliban? What do you remember about having interactions with them while you were there?
1: Uh, well, we actually had very little interaction with Taliban. Um, I mean, surprisingly, a lot of the interaction was with kids, and um, the kids uh, all want to practice their English. Um, you don't really interact a lot with women um there's not too many opportunities except at these uh vmos um but certainly the teens and and really they, they like to approach you and they like to talk to you and they ask you oh are you, you are a woman I'm like i am and then um you know perhaps they find it less intimidating i guess i'm a, a five foot two and you know 115 pounds so um i had a lot of interesting conversations with sort of these, these teenagers. Uh, the men rarely ever talk to you. So, And then having
0: been watching this past few months as the um, Americans pulled out and the Taliban captured, what was going through your mind as you were watching this as a veteran of the combat there?
1: Well, watching the scenes um, that have played out, you know, over the last month or so um, is, is sort of heartbreaking. It's, you know, I don't regret going and I do believe that in the span of 20 years, there was a lot of progress made. Um, And I don't think it'll all be completely wiped out because the Taliban have come in. I I think it'll be really hard to completely shut women down this time. Um, It's not to say it's already not happening, but uh, degree, I guess. I I think it'll be, I think there's even risk of sort of not just with women, but I think there's risk of things like civil war because I think a lot of the population is not willing to go back to what it was 20 years ago, especially the, yeah, the people have been born who who are now don't know anything of the Taliban years. Um I think it'll be really difficult to uh to shut that down.
0: I, I want to ask you about sort of the the legacy of of this war. You know, there's not even a national memorial yet built
1: having been overseas, like having been to Afghanistan, it's not something I'll ever forget. Um, and then for all those other soldiers who've been overseas and their families, they're also never going to forget. Uh, when you look at other monuments to other wars, they were decades in the making. So uh, if you look at Vimy Ridge, that was like a whole lifetime of building. Yeah, I, I think it's completely necessary and essential to have something um, you know and every time a new government is elected it perhaps the it gets changed a little bit and the, maybe the funding gets up or gets down and um, so the rate at which this memorial gets built um, uh, is really hard to predict and um, I think as I think if something is created I think that's kind of what matters um, I'm hopeful something will get done in my lifetime.
0: What would you like our, our listeners to understand about what they've been seeing over the summer and, and into the fall about, you know, the um, the Taliban takeover and 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 what Canada did?
1: Well, making sense of it is can be challenging. <clears throat> I think um, there's a lot of comments you'll hear about, well, why did we go there in the first place? Oh, you know, everything we did is now gone. Whatever we did, it's like uh, all those people who died for nothing and. I mean, I certainly don't see it that way. I I think there were tremendous um, projects that were done. I mean, there were things you don't even hear about because they're not sexy. So um, polio vaccines. So that was one initiative uh, that the Canadians did. You know, we talk about schools. So there were something in the excess of 6,000 schools were rebuilt. So that's not insignificant, uh, the impact that has down the line. Um, I think is is fairly significant, you know, roads and bridges that were built, building capacity, mentoring and liaison that went on with different groups um, encouraging and helping local governments to form and function. So so there's a lot of things that are sort of lasting, I think, that that are not exciting, um, but that help with infrastructure. And I think if that can be sustained, even through however long the Taliban are here, then those are some of the legacies that help
0: listen it's been really a pleasure to chat with you and and revisit this hard you know hard conversation that we have to have but uh, I think it was really really helpful for our listeners to sort of get an inside view from somebody who was there and I really appreciate that
1: well thank you for having me on
0: that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. This episode's also brought to you in part by the Toronto Heschel School. Attend their open house on Wednesday, November 10th. Find out more at torontoheschel.org. Today's listener shout out goes to Dr. Ian Cohen, a friend of mine from Campanay, Birth of Ottawa days, now living in Toronto. And we'll end the episode with a special treat for you. Here's the actual Havana Gila recording that played on the Peace Tower in Ottawa, courtesy of the carillonneur Andrea McCready and the arranger Richard Gieschek.
1: The Limud Toronto Festival takes place on Sunday, November 21st. Limud features educators, performers, authors, activists, and innovators from around the world. The Limud Festival of Jewish Learning celebrates creativity, diversity, inclusivity, and discussion. Everyone is welcome. All tickets to Limud are pay what you can. Learn more at limud.ca.